the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. I am Mike Luke, joined by the great Jason Shear. Before we get started, Shear, anything good going on at your end? Any good deals? It's always a good deal, Michael. Wildcats. <laughs> we'll have a deal coming up here for March Madness, but right now we're just uh, normal pricing. Wildcats. To show you about the, the community feel on there, Shear actually got mad at me, and I'm quoting his words, for hijacking his uh, one of his game uh, pr- uh, prediction threads, which I did. I actually felt bad about, so I stopped commenting on it. So <laughs> that's the kind of family environment it is. Speaking of family environments, Arizona Wildcats basketball. We're going to make fun of Mick Cronin before we start doing anything else, though. So, as you know, the uh, the rankings have come out. One-time only thing. Sweet six, or, uh, 16 ranked teams. Arizona is the number two seed out west. And honestly, I'm not exactly sure. Mick Cronin is now saying it's a conspiracy that they should have been uh, because they're leaving the Pac-12. No, dude. Arizona's just got a lot better wins than you. It's that simple. Period. Mick Cronin basically said, if you read in between the lines, that the reason they're not seated better is Dave Hickey being, mm-hmm. <laughs> because he replaced the UCLA AD on the committee. It's just asinine. I mean, look, the reason – and I, I've been telling people for weeks, it, it comes down to what the committee was going to look at, and it's very clear that good to great wins are going to take precedent over a, a few average losses. And, right. and Arizona's, the only bad loss Arizona has is probably at home to Washington State, which isn't bad anymore after last night. And, and I know people say, oh, the loss at Stanford was awful. But if you notice in college basketball and the way the rankings are, it's almost excusable to lose on the road this year. Yeah. And maybe not with the Arizona fan, fan base, but you can get away with the road loss or two. Well, and look at it this way, too. A lot of Arizona's wins are on neutral court or neutral courts. You got Indiana. You've got uh, uh, San Diego State. You've got Creighton. All of those wins right there are not new. So it's not like Arizona's just feasting on people in McHale. So I mean, we, you and I have been talking about this all year. Arizona, I believe, still holds the keys to its own resume right here because, again, you've got really good wins right here already. And I still believe – I could be an idiot. You're smarter than me, so tell me if I'm being wrong. But – I think if Arizona wins out and with one loss to one of the UCLA schools, I think they can make an incredibly strong case for being a number one seed out West. No, I'll go even further. If Arizona wins out in the regular season, let's say it goes to to LA and sweeps, it's a one seed no matter what happens in the Pac-12 tournament. I agree. I I agree. The the resume will just be too good. The Pac-12 tournament, you know, if if they want it beating UCLA and that, it gets a little iffy, but – if they sweep regular season, they went out, I, I think they're a one seed. You know, and wouldn't that be just great, though, to be able to uh, sweep UCLA this season? Bunch of bunch of uh, Arizona pe- uh, people get on Arizona fans a lot. UCLA fans have the worth. UCLA fans have the, how do I put this exactly? There's definitely an odd, uh, when it comes to Arizona, there's definitely an odd feeling going on there where I think they know that Arizona is a program right now. They have a coach that they'd rather have, but it's very, there's, there's an insecurity factor there that I very much enjoy watching. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, it's not like, like you're still a two seed. What's the issue right. here? Like, like calm right. down. It's not like you're a six. Yeah. Like you're still a two seed. You're only two seed lines behind Arizona. It's not the biggest deal. If they lose this week on one of those road trips, you know, they, they're at Utah they're at Colorado. They could lose one of those games. Um, the meltdown will just be wild because then they're out of it proceeding. And, and I don't think they're passing Arizona at all. 
I would agree with that. Now, we got ASU coming up. We're going to make fun of them here in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the performance on the court. And this brings me right into a read. The Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports, and the movement that is sweeping the nation on uh, Jason Shear's message board. He actually had a post bringing up the Four Peaks the other day. Um, Shear did it. And I'm sure he downvoted it. But um, the move again, just like the beer, though, the movement sweeping the nation. Check out the uh, Four Peaks location in Tempe, or you can come to our Tap and Bottle Watch parties, um, and you can get Four Peaks there as well. Great stuff there. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. And going a little bit out of order here right now, Jacob. I apologize. Tap and Bottle. Now I'm doing that because Tap and Bottle. You should come. We're going to have one. For uh, the UCLA game in two weeks. We'd love to see you down there. Scott and Rebecca do a great job. Tap and bottle downtown. Come down there. Yell at the TV. Have a good time. Drink some Four Peaks as well. We'd love to see you down there. All right. This game, uh, shared to me, this was maybe the most encouraging ro- or uh, home sweep against two non-ranked teams that we've had all season. And a bit, the only reason I say that is... Azulis Tabellis did not play well. This was not vintage zoo by any means. And Arizona still handled two teams that I don't want to say are great, but they don't stink either. And you saw other guys' roles starting to really uh, delineate here. Umar Ballo with one of the best games of his career. Uh, I really, really like what we've seen out of Courtney Ramey of late as well. Pella Larson, we'll get into all that. But I thought this was a very encouraging homestand for the Cats against the Mountain Schools. This time of year, you're, you want to do what you're supposed to do. And what I mean by that is Arizona was favored over the mountain schools and they were supposed to beat them. They came in and Arizona kicked the crap out of both teams, right? The right. games were, you know, even when Colorado went on the run, it was like, okay, well, it's, it's still early. Whatever. Whatever. But they completely outplayed both teams. They looked really good in both games. I thought they looked better in the Utah game than they did the Colorado game, but they could beat a lot of teams playing as well as they did in those two games. And like you said, for them to, get those efforts without two bellas playing well for a guy like Cedric Henderson and Courtney Ramey for those guys to step up is, is a very big deal because now all of a sudden you've got teams thinking twice saying, look, if we take two bellas out of the game, they still got other players. It's not like it's right. a one man game. Yes, exactly. Now let's talk about the guy that we affectionately call the Swedish pinball. I don't care what happens next year. I don't care if he's a preseason All-American. Pella Larson will all, should always come off the bench here at the U of A. He's getting starters minutes. He's ending the game. That's all that matters. But we've joked about this for a couple of weeks. Sheer, in all of your time, in all of your 50 years of covering athletics, have you – actually 60, sorry. Have you ever seen anything like a player that is literally night and day coming off the bench as opposed to starting? No, I can't. I mean, it's it's wild. You you know, and like he does everything better coming off the bench. He's drives. You know, he's twenty second in the nation in free throw rate. Yes, like, it's crazy. Like and and like he's aggressive, and that was a big thing I liked about this weekend. He wasn't just a jump shooter. I mean, we saw it the other day on Saturday. He only attempted two field goals and scored eleven points because he went to the line. I mean, he is just a completely different player, and there's something to it. I mean, maybe. You know, it's just a pressure thing. He feels more pressure when he's starting and when he's off the bench. He's it just looks like he's freer, looser, and completely different player. And you know, when you look at six men, is there? You know, I'd have to go through the list and look up. You know, starting line. No, there's not. Yeah, there's probably not a six man as good as Pella Larson. And we always say when I'm doing the breakdowns, I always say Pella Larson would probably start on this opposing team. 
well, maybe he wouldn't start if the coach was smart right there. I gotta give I gotta give Pella Larson and Tommy Lloyd a lot of kudos though on this one because for a player of his stature, and again, my bad Pella, I still have a love-hate relationship with him, but I was clearly wrong. Pella, my bad. Um, but you know, it's not easy for a guy like that that can play at the level he can to, you know, to come off the bench so willingly. And, you know, for Tommy Lloyd, it also shows some flexibility that, hey, this ain't working what we're doing right here. Let's try something new. And tip of the cap to both guys, because that's not something easy, I think, for either one. I mean, it could have gone the completely opposite way. Pella Larson says, no, how dare you ask me if I could come off the bench? I've, I've earned a starting role. And, and Tommy Lloyd says, fine. And then it all kind of goes to heck because he asked him. I mean, it, it happens all around the country. We've seen in the past with Arizona teams, there's been chemistry issues over roles. And Pella Larson was asked, hey, would you be comfortable coming off the bench? He goes, sure. No problem. And, and Tommy said it before. He goes, look, you know, it's it's kind of a, a spark. And, you know, I want someone off the bench. And it matters who's ending the game. And Pella's ending the game. Every game, Pella's going to be in there. But just the fact that it allowed Arizona to have production off the bench is, is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. And what I really like to see with Courtney Ramey and Pella Larson is look at their assist numbers the past five, six, seven games. Every single game for Ramey. Four assists, five assists, four assists. One game he had six. Much uh, the same with Pella Larson as well. So you get a lot of people out there. There's a lot of door jams out there that like to just complain about Kirk Creesa all day and about he doesn't do this. Kirk Creesa leads the conference in assists. And you've got these two guys here that are also initiating from different spots on the floor. It's, I really like what I'm seeing from both of those guys right now, Sheer. Courtney Ramey's playing awesome as of late, defensively, offensively. I think the big thing is that he's he's aggressive too. You know, after the Stanford game, he shot 16 threes, and yeah, he made eight of them. But after the game, talking to him, he was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. I, I should have right. gone to the rim more. And since then, he has. And, and it's, a, it's a big deal because early in the season when Arizona was struggling, we talked about how the guards just can't be jump shooters. It, it right. makes everything way too easy. And they're not anymore. Even Kerr is starting to take – floaters and mid-range jumpers and Boswell comes in and take mid-range jumpers that opens up the entire offense and I don't think Courtney Ramey um has played better than he's playing right now well right and you know and again I I would actually like to be honest with you I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive with his handle because he can get by players he can get he's built differently and this isn't a slight towards Kerr but Courtney Ramey is more natural with the ball in his hands he can beat guys off the dribble in a way that Kerr can't I honestly would like to see him attack a little bit more than he's been doing, but you know, that's just me. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think that it'd be nice to see him try to beat his man because a lot of times he can, he's strong. Right. He's quick. Um, you know, and a lot of times he can get to that rim, but it, it kind of feels like he's, he's more focused on playing in the, in the flow of the offense. And this offense just kind of moves differently than other college offenses. All right. Andre, the great Andre Veris makes a point. We're going to get to Zoo just in a second because there are quite a few questions about Zoo coming in, which we will get to. But first, I want to give a big shout out to Cedric Henderson Jr., my guy. Um, Ced had a great weekend right now for Arizona basketball. And you also got to give him kudos for the way that he's been able to step into the starting lineup now. Because again, he's not an All-American, but you never watch a game and say, man, he's just physically outmatched out there. He's a pretty decent shooter, can finish around the rim plays hard. He's been really kind of a nice little jack of all trades. It's really playing his best ball right now. Yeah. I mean, and he, first of all, he's like the greatest kid ever. Right. I mean, I mean he's like the nicest dude. Um, doesn't complain about anything, knows his role. And, and that when, when Arizona brought him in, that was the first thing that even he told me, he goes, I know my role and, and, and I'm willing to play my role. And, and that's what he's doing now. You know, they needed him to be a scorer the other night. 
he was a scorer. If they need him to be a rebounder, he's had games with eight rebounds. If they need him to be a facilitator, he can do that. And, and he plays his role really well. And when you look on teams that have won the title, every team has a guy like Cedric, where right. they, they're not the leading scorer, rebounder, whatever. But when you need a bucket or you need a, a big play, a hustle play or whatever, he's that type of guy that's going to go get it for you. You know who he's a little bit like? Do you remember when I was thinking about this? And he's not as good as this player, so I don't want to say that. But he reminds me a little bit of kind of like on Calipari's best team where you had like a DeAndre Liggins type that, you know, long, wiry, going to play defense, doesn't need shots, but he can make them when you need. He's kind of that type of peripheral type guy in that regard. Yeah, he's one of these guys where it's like you're 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 focusing on Zoo. You're focusing on Umar and Courtney, and rightfully so. And then all of a sudden you look at Cedric's box score and it's eight points, four boards, four assists, no turnovers in 25 minutes. Right. And, and the key defensive stop or whatever it is. So he's the type of guy that when you're playing a game in a close game, that will weigh it in your advantage because the other team doesn't necessarily have a guy like that. All right. Now we got to talk about everybody's favorite guy, Kylan Boswell. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, and again, Jacob, I do apologize. You can yell at me afterwards. Actually, you won't. I should be yelled at if I am ever by Jacob Franklin, the great Jacob Franklin. Game time. Let's say that you're see, you're like, oh, ASU and Kyle Dodd are coming to town. I want to come and heckle them. Kyle Dodd's coming on, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday. You should uh, go to game time. You can get these tickets many times. It's 60% off. We've had a lot of people do it. And you can get to the U of A, check out these games, but you're going to want to get on game time now because, again, this game, uh, everybody likes to see Arizona State get smacked around. We all want to see it. Get on to game time, though. Check out the show notes and the link in the description and Mountain Mike's Pizza. Now, many people have asked, Mike, are you Mountain Mike? I am not Mountain Mike. Um, Actually, nobody asks me that. I just say that to myself. It's off of Oracle and Wetmore. Check it out. Sheer has been there, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Shear's been there. His good buddy, William Brad Alice, has been there. A bunch of different people have been there, and it's all very, very good. Uh, and you can many times get into the Tap and Bottle Watch Party. Good pizza, good game, you name it. Um, AJW um, question, uh, when is the game Saturday? I should know that. 12. 12. Okay, there you go. Get on to game time now. It's an earlier start. But again, check out the show notes and the link in the description. All right. This is a fair question here. Um I'll, I'll lead here. Are you guys concerned about Zoo? I'm not concerned about Zoo, but I need Zoo to have a big weekend this week coming up. Because, again, it's been three tough games. I need him to get back into being Zoo. This is one of those ask me on Sunday questions. If, yes. Zoo, if Zoo plays well on Saturday, no, I'm not concerned. If he struggles, gets in foul trouble against ASU, yeah, I'm probably starting to get a little concerned because it's yeah. the wrong time of year. I, 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 you know, again, I, I believe Tommy Lloyd when he tells you stuff he doesn't BS. He kind of said, look, you know, Things may have been coming too easy to Zoo, and it got a little harder, and he didn't deal with it, and it kind of needs a break. And right. we'll see, you know, kind of re-energize and all that. And I would expect a big game at a Zoo on Saturday, and if not, then, yeah, I think it's time to to get a little concerned about him. How happy is Seth Greenberg by this little slide right now? Oh, man, he probably has that Trace Jackson. And you know what? Honestly, if, if Zoo doesn't play well in the next few games. Hawkins is going to get it. Hawkins is going to get it. Right. And, you know, in all fairness, I, I would vote Zoo just because he has been so dominant all year. But I think these are clearly the two best players at the conference. Yeah, it's not like if Zoo comes to the next two games, averages nine points and four rebounds and Hawkeyes does what he does. It's not like the most crazy thing to vote him player of the year. Is there any way we can get in again? I realize I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth right here. I do this no. all the time and I specialize in it. <laughs> no. Um, I know what you're is, there, it, 
Is there any way that we can get two uh, number one seeds from the Pac-12? Is there any scenario in which Jason Shear could see this happening? Any scenario? Here's the problem. The Pac-12 sucks. We're trying really hard to find a third team that could get in the NCAA tournament. Is Lenardi still going to have Oregon as one of their first four out? He has Oregon as like first four out and then ASU next four out. That's how bad the like people don't realize how bad not only the Pac-12, but like the bubble this year is insanely bad. Like I was putting together the bracket last night and I even looked at putting in Texas Tech and they have like 13 losses. Right. But like the, the issue is that the Big 12 is no matter who you're playing at this point, it's a big game. And so none of those, like, you're going to have one or two Big 12 teams on the top line. You know, the, it's just it's just not going to happen. Your only hope probably, like, the Big 12 one seed is going to be replaced by another Big 12 team. Purdue losing would be replaced by, like, an Arizona or a UCLA. I just don't see the path to getting two teams because the Big, the Big 12 is just too good. The Big 12 is awesome. This is actually, when you think about it, and again, Jason Shear and I, big fans of Big 12. And by the way, Big 12 fans, very passionate people. I did not realize. Yeah, they're a big fan of Wildcat Authority. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> as they should be. Um, it is. It does crack me up, though, a little bit, because Shear and I are definitely, uh, Shear doesn't think the move's going to happen. But I think we were both, we would both like to see Arizona in the Big 12. I think that's fair to say that you would like to see Arizona in the Big 12. But oh, I yeah. can't. I can't tell you how many times I wake up to like five or six tweets where I'm Sheer and I are both tagged in by big 12 fans saying about how badly they want Arizona here. It's awesome. It's really fun. And it would be like, we've talked about the basketball itself. Like people on radio, I was on radio last week and they're like, why do you want it? I go, have you seen the big 12 schedule for basketball and then throw Arizona in that? Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, You know how fun that would be? And it's like, yeah, Arizona would lose more games, but Shoot, if you're in the Big Ten or the Big 12, you could lose 10 games and be a five seed. Exactly. Now, let's talk a little bit about conference expansion here. Um, Basically, here's what we know now, and this is coming to fruition, that basically everybody's reporting that the money just, at this point, there could be a TV deal done, but the money that was promised or thought to be there just isn't there. And you could go across the board. Everybody's basically reporting that. How did the Pac-12 find themselves in this position? (laughs) Empty promises. You know, most of all, I I think one of the thing is that like Klockhoff basically said, I'm going to get you 40 million, and that number was insane. And now you can't go from 40 to 25 and expect everyone to be happy. Right. What really happened was the Big 12 didn't go for the money necessarily. Like 31.7 per school isn't a lot, but they went for the exposure and the networks, and they mm-hmm. beat the Pac-12 to the punch. And by doing that, all of a sudden these networks aren't anxious to add the Pac-12. And I think the one thing that people thought would happen that you know, at first, when in reality it was never going to happen, is in this day and age of media with the Disney layoffs and all that, nobody's overpaying. Right. You are paying the value of the product, if that. It's right. not like Amazon or ESPN or whatever are going to come and be like, you know what, Pac-12, we need you so bad. Here's 40 a school. It's not happening. And, and I think that the Pac-12 misplayed their hand and they they've kind of, they screwed up by, by thinking that they would get more money than they're really going to get. It, 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 you look at Brett Yormark, and um, I watch him. You could tell that this is a dude that has been, has done really big deals and has done things. He came in and he said he was going to get everybody a raise, got him a little bit of a raise, that he was going to get take care of the Texas-Oklahoma situation sooner than later, took care of that as well. 
And now he's looking at expansion. I like your mark. He makes plays happen. Again, it's not like he got his guy 65 million, but I watch your mark and I watch Klievkov and one dude looks totally out of his element while the other guy looks like he always has a plan. Look, at the end of the day, your mark said he was going to do, um, he was going to sign a deal. He did it. He said he was going to handle the Texas Oklahoma situation. He did it. Now he's looking at expansion. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I assume he's going to do it, whether it includes Arizona or the Pac-12 or not. And right. meanwhile, the Pac-12 is still looking for a deal. And yeah. So I mean, it's, it's night and day in terms of leadership right now. By the way, Sheer with probably Sheer has many witty tweets, but maybe the best tweet I've ever seen him put out there was a John Canzano one, who you should never believe, by the way, because he's full of propaganda. But Canzano essentially said that his spider, no, he said his spider senses are tingling. It sounds like everything is, uh, you know, people are getting quiet. A deal's going to be done. He tweeted that out uh, last week. Sheer went and got literally the exact same tweet from this time last year or September of last year where he said, uh, at what point to like, he, you know, cause I get people that ask me all the time, you know, what do you think about Canzano? I don't think anything of what Canzano said. He's been saying the same thing for a year. That's why, you know, I actually like people think I hate Wilner. I actually respect Wilner a lot more than Canzano. Yes. I think Canzano is guessing on a lot of stuff and just put stuff out there. Took a shot at McMurphy the other day for no reason whatsoever. Right. Um, Wilner just kind of reports, and if he hears things, he at least, you know, says, yeah, it might happen. I think it's going to happen. But, like, even with his, like, the Pac-12 is staying together, he says, now, if in mid-March they don't have a deal, let's talk again, and those odds will shift. Well, Kanzana's like, any day now. Any day now. And it's like, it's that's just right. not how it works. Well, and here's also where you need to know, too, when somebody doesn't have any juice. It's always the national guys that are breaking things. Canzano didn't break that SMU was in the discussion or that Klievkov was down there. That was a national report. He didn't break about the uh, the lack of money being there. Again, a national report. These are all, you know, these are all being broken by people like McMurphy, people like Thamel, people like your guy, uh, uh, Marchand and Auerland. Those are the ones that have had the juice on these kind of stories, not him. Just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, that's just facts. I mean, and, and, and I, and I read all those guys, even Pete Thamel, I know ESPN, um, he was part of that and Arizona fans right. aren't thrilled with them, but he, when it comes to expansion, if you look at his track record, he's pretty you know, good. All right. Andre Veris says, okay, by the way, you owe me $10 a month, Jason Shear for Andre Veris. Um, uh, Andre's the man. All right. Okay, Jason, time for your weekly Darlin update. More importantly, any info on the injury and what the family is thinking about surgery. And does he have a teammate? Kobe Thiel wanted me to ask you about a teammate that he might have had, might have as well as Arizona looking at. Yeah, um, I, I haven't checked on the injury. I, I read it was a dislocated ankle that won't require surgery. Uh, I'm sure that Arizona's pitch would be very similar to uh, to the pitch that they made with Kylan Boswell. You know, if you can write right. with rehab and all that, um, it, he has a, a teammate, uh, come on. It's not Comanche. It's Comanche. Um, right. but, uh, really good. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's 2023 or 24. It's, it's undecided, but he he's physically, he's ready to come and contribute right away. Um, it, all these kids are G league or Arizona. I mean, right. it, it's just the way it is. Um, I think Arizona is doing well for both, but, um, you know, it, it's just, is it going to be able to beat out the money of the G League in that situation? It really just comes down to, does the kid want to go to college or not? All right, Carter Bryant now. Um, I feel very, very good about Carter Bryant with Arizona. I think you do as well. What's the latest, though? I don't want to speak for Jason Shear. I, I will say this. So Carter's going to be here on Saturday. 
I have been doing this for a long time. The 50 years, we already put it out there. The biggest upset I can remember is probably Cam Chapman going to Michigan instead of Arizona, if you remember that. This would be the biggest recruiting upset. If if Carter Bryant doesn't wind up at Arizona, it would be shocking, and it would be a big failure on the part of the coaching staff. Uh, Correct. I would agree with all that. And then all of a sudden, though, we talked about this a bunch. uh, um, If you look at it, 2024, if you can get Carter Bryant, to go with Jamari Phillips, it starts to feel a little bit like that. When we, I think we really knew that Sean Miller was that next level recruiter here was when he got the Tarzuski Jarrett, Brandon Ashley class, where it was like, okay, that's different than, you know, that that's, that's on a different level. If you get Carter Bryant and Jamari Phillips, you got two five-star kids to start building your 2024 class around. And you know this better than anybody with as long as you've covered it. These things can start to spiral then where if someone's like, well, I'd like to go play with them too. 2024 could be a real uh, – 2024 could be a real uh, uh, a real improvement, I guess. And and here's the thing. They're in, and I don't care either way, but they're American. Right. So now that whole right. argument where Tommy can't recruit American kids, well, he just landed two five-star kids that are the are among the best at their position in the entire country. Right. So it's like that argument goes away. That uh, I I don't think Arizona's finished in 2023, wink wink, and I think that 2024 class is going to be very very good. All right, Andre Vera says, does Tad Boyle get fired? I think Tad Boyle has the best job security in the in the nation right now and honestly, joking aside, he's really good for Colorado. If I'm Colorado, I'm I'm totally cool with Tad Boyle. I'll say this. I think Tad's fine this year. I think you got to let him coach Cody Williams in that returning roster. If they're bad next year, maybe there's some discussion, but I think he's fine after this year. Are you getting that from corner four sources? I am. Unnamed. Hey, by the way, Jason Shear, we've given him a lot of compliments. This is one where Jason Shear was wrong on, though. Cody Williams. We watched the same game. Cody Williams, by Shear's own rankings, is now a top 10 player in the nation, Jason Shear. All right, Mike and I do not disagree. We we have very similar evals on everyone. Right. Mike's eval is Cody Williams is a future NBA player. Very good. My eval is I think he's going to be an all right college player. I don't think it's a big loss for Arizona. All right. So and that, you know what? We disagree on and, and we are excited to watch play out. As we are to exciting to watch Dylan Anderson's career play out. Yeah. One of the peaks. But I admitted, like, I don't know if Dylan's going to be great, but I admitted that he took the right approach, and I feel better about his future now than I did a year ago. The thing about Dylan is I think a lot of people worry, does Dylan suck? And I think we can say by now Dylan doesn't suck. We don't know if he's going to be – but he doesn't suck. And you can tell, and you and I I were there when Sean Miller was talking about – or not Sean Miller, excuse me, Tommy Lloyd, and – you can tell that he was he feels pretty good about uh, he feels pretty good about what the future holds for him. And he told us, I don't know if we should be saying this, but he doesn't watch, does he? I don't know. Uh, you know what? And if he does, if he doesn't, he should be watching. So again, let's break news. Um, but he said, like, you know, it may take a few years, but he thinks Dylan, by the time his career over, like towards that end, he's, he's going to be a legitimately good player for Arizona. Well, and you remember what he said too. His, I think, his quote was something to the effect of, "With big men, he said." A lot of times they struggle, but he said with big men, it's different than guards because when it clicks, it clicks. Yeah. And, you know, that's exactly what he said. Now, TJ Van Marder, great name, by the way. I'll let Shear have this. Long-term outlook for the third peak. Is that Dylan? Oh, no, Dylan's the fourth peak. As much as I like Dylan, Henry's ahead of Dylan. Oh, yes, Henry. I, I think he's fine. I yeah. mean, he, it, his confidence was a major issue. Like, this is a kid that 
always played well overseas and all that. And it got to the point where people wonder why he wasn't playing. And a big reason why is because Tommy was really worried about his confidence, where if he went in there and didn't play well, they could lose him confidence-wise and he would be done for the year. So they they played him in better situations or out of necessity. He's done well. Um, he wasn't the superstar that some expected him to be, but I, I think he's fine. He's going to have a nice career. All right. I want to talk a little bit of football here before we sign off. But first, the Giraffe Kings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. Here's the deal. You might not have heard me say this for a day or two. You tuned in at the right time. You put in five bucks, you can get up to $200 in free plays right now. NBA games. NBA is in full force right now. Now, listen, don't take my word for it, but I would bet on the Suns when Kevin Durant becomes healthy. Or you could say, you know what? Mike Luke's an idiot. Jason Shear carries this show. I'm going to go against Mike Luke. And it doesn't really matter. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Or you can bet against the Sun Devils as well. Our good buddy Jacob Franklin, congratulations on the uh, beautiful daughter. All six foot eight of him roots for the Sun Devils. Root against Jacob Franklin and bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Cooper PHNX, 21 and up, Arizona only. Um, game to, or, excuse me, gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. And to become a Phoenix diehard. All right. Now you might say, Mike, I am a PHNX diehard. You should get on there. They got all kinds of great stuff. Great merchandise. Very clever stuff going on there. Great articles across the board. All kinds of good stuff. Again, check it out. PHNX, great deals. This is the time to get in there as well. Become a diehard with all the cool stuff. All right. We'll talk a little bit of Arizona football right here. Tyler Owens is an absolute monster as a physical, as a physical trainer. I was uh I live right by campus. Um, when uh, the place next to me isn't blowing up, um, and East I live next to East Coast subs, don't don't come over, but you know, it blew up again. So I went down to campus the other about a week or so ago, just kind of slithering around, seeing what was going on. Man, the improvement and the some of the weight gain on these players is absolutely insane. Now I know the pictures of Kevin Green coming out where he looks like Hercules now, but just the other guys across the board. Deuce Davis looks absolutely fantastic. He looks like he's put on 20 pounds already. Do people pro- understand that Tyler Owens, Arizona strength and conditioning coach, is probably as good as there is in all of college football? I can't remember the last time before Tyler Owens. Another school, I think it was last year, tried to take Tyler Owens. Yeah, it was after Jets' first season. Tried to take yeah. Tyler Owens from Arizona. And Arizona paid him to stay. Right. I, I can't recall the last time Arizona redid a contract of a strength coach in order to keep him. Right. So, I mean, that tells you all you need to know. The kids love him. And a lot of times these strength coaches don't – I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, but a lot of it is like BS. Tyler Owens – absolutely knows what he's doing the players love him he's he's one of the more valuable members of this coaching staff and he lives it too you watch those videos that you know that go viral like jonah coleman had one out lamont sent me the other day where you know he's squatting 405 four or five times he has everybody on that team invested in each other pushing each other i mean you should watch some of these i mean i know you have but uh some of these weight room videos that they put on twitter they put on instagram Everybody has always been putting the uh, or everybody's pushing each other in the right direction. It just seems like a very healthy setup right now. Yeah, and and there's been strength coaches where that wasn't the case, and and you could just tell they all. And when you talk to them, you know, when we talk to them when, when spring football starts, we'll say, you know, what what about the off season? And the first guy they'll mention is Tyler Owens. Right. Tyler Owens worked with me. I put on weight, etc. So that that's not by accident. Right. It's not by accident. What also is not by accident though is. Jason Shear and Wildcat Authority again. 
No special deals, but every day is a special deal right there at Wildcat Authority. Get on there. You can see me and Shear yelling at each other. Shear scolding me. Andre Veras on there as well. Many people on there. But again, Shear, as always, you're the man. Um, next time, I will hire your wife to put together my TV stand. Thank you. It only took – see, everybody look at that TV stand behind Mike and know that it took someone six hours to put that thing together. And here's where it gets good. So six hours. So I was actually uh, – he gets here at 1.30. And keep in mind, this was promised to be done in 90 minutes. The guy comes with his – a nice guy, so I'm not going to uh, – but he comes with his wife. They're here for over six hours. And then I tell him at halftime of the game, hey, dude, I got to get ready for the postgame show. And then he says, well, you know, if we, is it okay if we just stick around and watch? At that point, I said, no, nothing personal. Here's your $20 tip. Go. But, uh, again – that's my mistake. That's why I need to have people like uh, the carpenter that is uh, Shelby Shear come over next time. Absolutely. All right. But again, for Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke. Jacob Franklin behind the scenes making me look cooler and taller than I really am. And again, all of you people out there appreciate all your comments. My new biggest fan, Rich Carrillo, used to hate me, but I've always liked you, Rich. I appreciate you and all your kind words. We will be back with you tomorrow. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.